huge party in the evenings as well, so bring your spare liver. Scuba Obsessed is a weekly podcast. We talk about all things scuba diving, from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba news. Test episode 180 is recorded live November 21st, 2013. Welcome back to Scuba Obsessed. From the recently repowered side of the state of Michigan, I'm Darren Jilson, and joining me this week, we have Jim Schultz. How are you doing today, Jim? I'm confused today. You confused? Yeah. I was just listening to the beginning of the recording, and it says recorded live. Well, how can you record something that isn't live? Well, we're live now. At least I think I'm live. Right. So I'm recording but it. it. Re- but it said recorded live. Talk you. Recorded so live. Yeah. yeah. So what's it going to do? Record a pre-recorded program? I guess you could. We could. We, how, how do we know we're not stealing this from somebody else who sounds just like us? If they do... I feel sorry for them. And then another voice that you hear, we have joining us this week, special guest, Rich Sinewick. How are you doing today, Rich? I am doing good. little bit of a sniffle, but I'm good. Oh, you sound sound good. Yeah, it's just uh, when you get a cold, you get a great set of pipes. That's the only way that it goes. Yeah, you, you get the, the deep tones. It must be all that uh, fun and partying you had down in Florida that did it. No, I didn't. It wasn't. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> we had a couple of good days, but it wasn't all that was cracked up to be. Well, uh, before uh, we get going, Rich, uh, we've, we've got some new listeners. We're now on the WRVO radio network. The uh, I'm gonna I'm always gonna slaughter his name. It's probably gonna drive him nuts. The Reno Viala Radio Network, WRVORadio.com. Uh, you can catch us live in there. You can also listen to us on iTunes catch us on stitcher smart radio but i uh, want to thank uh, reno for putting us on and rich has been on the show before but for many of you who are just tuning in and you don't know let's have rich tell us a little bit about yourself okay well uh i uh you might hear my voice if you listen to podcasts it turns out that uh almost every scuba podcast in north america comes out of the midwest and it comes out of michigan and uh, darren god it's been three years now darren three years ago darren had me as a guest on episode 14 I'm talking about White Star Quarry, and I'm like, well, this is kind of fun, and I'm going to see if I can do it. And so I started Divers Sync, the netcast and podcast for scuba divers, and uh, you can listen to me every Tuesday, well, for the most part, unless I have something going on, um, but every Tuesday at 8.30 on uh, TalkShoe. And uh, when I say I have something going on, I also run a dive center. Um, I have Divers Incorporated in Ann Arbor, Michigan, as a brick-and-mortar store, and then online we have Divers Incorporated. And we have scubacrap.com. So uh, a whole bunch of different things that I've got my hands in to be able to do this. And uh, Darren had got me, um, Darren and different Jim got me on the show. Wow, it's I can't believe it's been three years, but that was yeah. a long time ago. So uh, I'm happy to be back. And then uh, your occupational hazard of uh, being in the dive industry had you the opportunity to get down to DEMA. Yes, so it, was- it did. Um, he, DEMA is um, an annual show. I don't know what year they were on. Someone in the chat room probably knows. But 
Um, it's an annual show. This will be my 11th DEMA. And uh, what the DEMA stands for is it's a Diving Equipment and Marketing Association. And what it is is it's a, a promotional, self-promoting, industry-wide um, I, I guess it's just a, 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 an organization that we belong to. And what they do is they put on a show for diving professionals every year. And uh, the show runs um, usually the first or second week of November, and it's uh, usually in um, uh, Florida or New Jersey, or, or, or I'm sorry, Nevada. And uh, this year it was in Florida. makes it easier and less expensive to get there. It's in Orlando. And basically what it is is companies from around the world come and intermingle and there's companies there that sell to industry meaning there's like a neoprene company that'll sell to wetsuit manufacturers and then there's people that introduce things now this year um, i noticed for the first time that there were people actually introducing product um, usually a lot of times they'll do a huge marketing event and then they'll show up at DEMA with the product, but you already, already know everything about it. But this year there was a couple organizations that had for the first time, um, product being introduced at DEMA. And that's when my favorite things are that must, makes it go worth going. And it's, uh, it's like anything else that you would imagine. Imagine, uh, I'm going to say probably about 5,500 scuba divers. Now you guys know your, 12 to 15 to 20 dive buddies, but imagine 5,500 of the same dive buddies all converging on the same area and the same bars. And so it turns out that it's a huge party in the evenings as well, so bring your spare liver. But I had a great opportunity. I, this was a, a blow-in, blow-out year for me. Um, the, the economy has been tight in the scuba industry, as you can imagine, with everything else. And uh, I had a, a couple things going. So I guess we're back after a technical difficulty, and these happen from time to time. Because just like anything else in this world, you get what you pay for. And we are paying a whole whopping $0 for this talk shoe thing. And, well, I'm actually paying $2.99 to be able to call it. But other than that, it's there. Um, and Darren, the chat room's asking, did you press record? <laughs> record? Yeah, uh, we're, we're, we recorded. All right, we're recording. Okay, so what I was doing with before we got the brief interruption, and thank God it wasn't Mother Nature killing Darren's power, because we know that somewhere in a past life he's made some 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 big guys upstairs up unhappy. So we'll we'll see where we go. But the uh, we were talking about DEMA and the Diving Equipment and Marketing Association convention. I mean, I have been to some spectacular ones. Um, I have two favorites, and uh, in the past, and one of them was in New Orleans. And that was pre-Hurricane Katrina, so um, I don't know what they're doing now. And my other favorite was Orlando, but Orlando had one where they were having a surf expo at the exact same time, and you got a ticket to both. Um, wish they would do that again. But anyway, what they do in DEMA is they introduce a lot of new product and, and rebuff a lot of old product, and then it gives us an opportunity as store owners to sit down with the manufacturers, sit down with the designers, and a lot of times sit down and ask for things. Um, I know a couple of friends who like say, hey, I want an exclusive on this snorkel or I want an exclusive on this thing and I want you to build it for me. I'm actually working on a lift bag and a safety sausage um, for, for that kind of thing and, and I think it'll work. But anyway, the moving on is uh, it's, a, it's basically a big party and, and how it works is um, and forgive me if you've been listening to my podcast because I went over this um, right after I got back from the show, but essentially what they do is they set up booths and they display product. Like you walk into this booth and it's all oceanic or it's all patty or it's all um, 
whatever it happens to be. And they bring in um, rock star type people like John Chatterton was there. Um, Stephen Frink was there. Uh, Stan Waterman was there. A um, couple of uh, uh, the guys from Scuba Radio. Um, he always brings a crap load of, of hot models that are dressed up like mermaids. And then the, uh, they also give out discounts, um, which is a benefit for, for people who, who don't have a dive shop um, that they're affiliated with. And you have to be an industry professional. You have to be a patty dive master or, or you have to be a dive master or higher. I'm sure I'm not sure if dive cons from SSI can get in, but dive masters from SSI can get in. But you go in there and if you have the coveted badge that I have, which says retail buyer, everybody wants to talk to you. And uh, I blew through the show. I don't know that I could have lived with myself knowing as rude as I was because I just only had a couple of days to be able to go through the whole show. And usually it takes me a good solid six days to go through everything. And I know I missed a ton of stuff. But there was uh, the way that it works is they open it up on um, Wednesday and it's from 10 o'clock in the morning until five o'clock at night. And then there's parties afterwards. And if you get invited to a industry um, party, they're usually trying to get you liquored up enough to make a commitment. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you that I have the Patty party this year, which is usually Tuesday night. Um, it's a pre-show party. Um, you drink a lot of Kool-Aid while you're there, but it's a uh, they, they they feed you with beer and wine and, and, and hors d'oeuvres. And I'll tell you what, um, this year was a really good show. They... Um, they're they're introducing the Patty 2.0. Um, they completely revamped from top to bottom, completely revamped the Patty Open Water Diver course. And uh, Dave and I got ours in the store um, this past week, and we've had an opportunity to start going through it. And I'm going to tell you what, um, I was real hesitant because I don't like change. I'm as conservative as it gets. I'm as conservative as a cat, and, and I just don't like change. But this is looking like they're really stepping it up. Um, things that we've noticed is that they want us to do all the skills now at neutral buoyancy. So you can have your fin tips touching, you can have your knees barely touching, but they want you to do mech mass clear and all that kind of stuff as if you're diving. Another thing they did was they came out with this thing called the touch. Now, I think this whole internet thing's a fad and it's going to die out, but they they, they so. seem not to think so. And so they came out with this thing that is a, the entire open water manual on a touch. And uh, it's really sweet. You read through it, you touch the picture, they show you the video. And it's not really out yet. It's in beta form. Um, but the beta was really cool. They had chapter one done, and it was done to completion. And they used it in their videos, and they used it in a lot of stuff. But it's uh, it's going to be something that's pretty cool. Um, the uh, the other thing that they did was um, they, they, uh, they kind of made the emphasis and switched it from tables to computers. Now, as instructors, we can still teach tables. Um, there's a, but they've really, really emphasized that you need a dive computer to be a diver, which is really nice. Now, I haven't gone through the videos, but, but Dave, who's in the chat room right now, um, Dave Tonman and I have gone through it together. And uh, Dave said uh, that they really did focus a lot on colder water divers, which I think is, a, is an amazing thing because um, that needs to be done. Um, the, uh, the, the, the rollout, I think, was rushed. There's a lot of technical mistakes with it that they're going to have to fuzz through. But I think that the, the new book is pretty. Um, the new material is pretty. Um, they probably tripled my workload because I have to start over from scratch. But for the most part, I think that it is going to be a very, very cool um, thing. And here's the thing about taking your DM. you got to buy all new books. 
for the instructor course. Um, <laughs> and I had a friend of mine just went through instructor and I'm like, Hey, I'm so happy you just finished it. Cause now I got to buy you a whole new set of slates. He's like, you suck. And I'm like, it happens, man. That's what happens when you, when you diddly dally around. But the, uh, for the most part, it's, um, that was probably the biggest thing that, that I saw. Now there were some other big things that kind of, um, I'm going to say kind of vapor where, um, and they do that a lot. There was a, uh, I just, uh, I wasn't, I've never, I've not talked about this on my store, my podcast, because I completely forgot about it. They had a BC inflator thing. It was a BC inflator. So you've got your inflator hose with the end on it that you control your buoyancy. But this thing had a built-in screecher, and it basically, you could signal with it. And we kept hearing it go off when we were at the fourth element booth, because they were right next door. But there was like... And it was really, really loud, but it was supposed to signal. Now, I was just annoyed by it, so I didn't go see it. But Patrick's, um, who's my course director and my fourth element rep, which is kind of nice, but he uh, he said, did you go over and look at it? I said, no. He says, this thing's really cool. And now I really wish I had gone and looked at it because he, uh, he said that it's a BC inflator that is a noisemaker, but it also, if it is not touched for, I think it's an hour it automatically inflates you, which if you're cave diving would be very unfortunate or if you're wreck diving would <laughs> yeah. be very unfortunate. But if you are out there and passed out, it's going to get you to the surface, which I thought was a pretty neat idea. I know people have been toying with it forever. I know there's probably some liability concerns with it. But after I'm going to tell hour? you what. I'm sorry? But after an hour, you said? I don't know if it's – that's what he said, but it, I'm, I'm sure you can change the timing. Like why wouldn't you be able to change the timing? Well, but if – so that what it's doing is it's like if you don't touch it at all. So you've basically been unresponsive for an hour. Yeah. It'll float your body. Yeah, well, that's uh, – well, I didn't want I to mean, say that. Well, I mean, if you're that. in doubles – I mean, I'm not going to say that, but if you're in doubles, it'll float your bent body. I mean, yeah. but, I mean, you could be. If you're in a rebreather or something like that, I don't – I mean, I don't know if – I mean, 30 minutes. I mean, you could probably preset it, but I think that would be a pretty neat idea because if you're sitting there going – I mean – I'm not a big fan of it. They they had toyed with something back in the 80s. They toyed with a first stage that, that basically shut off your air supply and made it really difficult to breathe if you went deeper than you were allowed to go. That, I thought, was a pretty neat idea, but it would be unfortunate if you really needed to go a little bit deeper than 60 feet if you're an open water diver. Right. But, I mean, everybody revamps stuff, stuff from time to time. Other inventions that were on there, Atomic came out with a solid fin. Um, they've always been a split fin person that, that's there. Poseidon came out with um, a, uh, a new rebreather, which is less expensive but higher tech. Um, it uses Bluetooth technology, which I thought was pretty neat. Um, Liquivision came out with one that, uh, that was really neat. Um, I don't know what the price tag is. It's still vaporware as far as I know. But this thing was a handset that was about the size of the Shearwater that used ultrasound as its transmitter to be able to transmit back and forth. Um, the, uh, and so you could get your air supply, but you could also get all of your buddy's air supply on it. Now that'd be it nice. would point to where that buddy was. Like if you tapped on it and Darren was to my right and I wanted to hear his buddy, I wanted to see what his air was, it would tap on it and then it would go, um, it's a, yeah, Dave just put in the chat room, just said it was a Liquivision Linux base price is 1400. I don't know what, what the transmitters go. But if you have one, you can tap on it. The arrow will point to which buddy, where the buddy is and what his air pressure is. And then you tap on it again, and it'll tell you what the where the boat is if the boat has a transmitter, which I thought was really yeah. cool. Um, especially now, as an instructor, wouldn't that be a nice tool to have? 
It would, but if uh, but if it's like Oceanic, the transmitter is five six hundred bucks a piece. That means you have to have, have for your eight students, you have to have forty five hundred dollars worth of transmitters <laughs> plus the fourteen hundred dollar range plus the, the five hundred dollar one. But hey, you know, it's, it's only uh, money. But think yeah. of how safe your students would be with you watching over their shoulder all the time. Yeah, well, um, Cochran had one fifteen years ago, but it was the size of a um, an iPad. Which made it real difficult to dive, but um, Paul in the chat room wants a compute a regulator past 100 meters. I have one word: Poseidon. That's a good one. Um, I did learn how the Poseidons um, were tested, which I thought was really cool um, in the Poseidon class. Um, they had a six-point program, and only two regulators out of all of them ever got past the fifth point, and uh, no one got past the sixth except for the new Poseidons, which I thought was really neat. Basically, that was a really cool educational tool. Um, I, uh, I talked about it in my podcast, but I guess I can repeat myself because this isn't my podcast. But, the, uh, but basically, they took the regulator to 250 feet of 26-degree salt water. And they wanted to see where its failure point would be. And they had a six-point check. And there's only two regulators that got past five points. Um, the uh, Mare's ice, proton ice, got past fifth check. It failed catastrophically 30 minutes into the dive. All the other ones couldn't get down to 250 feet. The proton ice was the only one that got down to 250 feet except the one that succeeded. And the Poseidon Extreme not only got through the fifth point, but but after it had reached the sixth point, 26 hours into the dive, they decided that it was never going to fail. So I thought that was interesting because that's my choice of regulator. Um, as far as... Uh, other really cool stuff. I mean, I come out of these shows where the the stuff that's like completely stoking me is the simplest stupid stuff. They had a zipper pull, and that's where the whole thing clasps onto the zipper and opens and closes the zipper. They had a replaceable one. So if you were on a dive boat and you go to zip up your dry your wetsuit and you pulled the whole zipper pull entire contraption off, they had something that you could completely revamp it with. Oh, wow. That's what I just, I actually just did that the last time I wore my wetsuit. It's like $8, and you can put a whole new one on it. It screws together. And I'm like, the only thing I thought about was, why the hell had I not thought of this? Yeah. Did you order some? Are you going to have them in the shop? I'll have them in the shop. Uh, oh, crap. I was going to order them today. God damn it. I didn't add it to my order. <laughs> uh, but the other cool thing I did add to my order was they have stainless steel water bottles that look like scuba tanks. They're expensive, but they're very cool. Um, what was it? The other thing that um, uh, the Blade came out with a new scooter that looks like more like a, a James Bond tube. There's a company that has a... Um, God, I can't remember what it is. Dave would know what it is because we were talking about it the other day. But it's a gun that shoots bubble rings horizontally about 30 feet. So you can play tag with it. I don't know if it's going to have any other cool thing other than the James Bond effect. Um, they're 100 bucks a piece. But the... Uh, Fourth Element had a really good dry undergarment, their base layer that's had silver in it that's basically completely hypoallergenic, and they uh, wore it in a cave for um, 19 days before they uh, and came out, and the guy didn't have any rashes. Everything else, the guy had a rash. Um, the, uh, um, the SMS 100 was revamped as an SS, SMS 120, or I'm sorry, 75 from, for the side mount guys for Hollis. And although Hollis made the unfortunate decision to make everything red, um, I think they've got some really cool BCDs. Um, 
the uh um what do you call it the uh there was a there's a bunch of other stuff that's out there that that um they had that was that was kind of cool but I can't think of it right off the top of my head. I had a whole list. Maybe I have that show notes here for me. My Dima show notes. Here they are. Uh, Body Waterproof had a, a a pretty spectacular suit coming out. Um, Hollis had a, uh, a relatively inexpensive um, version of their VT. Three or the Oceanic VT3 that could do six gases for Trimix. Um, the uh, uh, talked about the zipper fixer. The Zeo from um, oh that was one thing. Um, Oceanic's got the Atom 3.1 coming in white, and the Zeo comes in white too. There's a new compute or new regulator for them, and they have now the FDI, which is an inline first stage. It's teeny teeny tiny, and it's supposed to be unbelievably cool um, as far as um, uh, breathability. I haven't dove it yet, but I'm hoping. And then there's a Tusa came out with a couple of new colors. I mean, most of what you get is uh, is, is stuff that that's there. There's, I mean, Pinnacle knocked off the Thermocline, LavaCore knocked off the Thermocline, Henderson knocked off the LavaCore. Um, the X Deep computer is pretty sweet, but it's smaller than I expected it to be. Um, Hollis knocked off the fourth element undergarment. A lot of this stuff is just getting revamped. The Omega Three is supposed to be cool. Um, the, uh, but that's, that's cool. <laughs> Tracy, I can make a deal on an extreme and a duration in the chat room. He's selling all of his gear. You don't want to get rid of that, man. That's a good regulator. But, uh, anyway, um, give, give me a call and I'll buy it from you. The, uh, <laughs> crap. you're going to make it go cheap. I'll buy it for scuba crap. It'll go in a New York second. The, uh, um, but there's uh, there's some pretty neat stuff out there. I mean, there's also like color changes. Uh, fourth elements, um, lo- uh, dry base is now going to all black. People didn't like the gray. I like the gray because I know which one I'm putting on. Yeah. Um, uh, whites came out with the God Tracy. What's that called? The uh, the purple suit. They came out with the fusion one, but in purple. It's called oh the essence. Thanks, guys. Um, I love the chat room when they can actually think for you. Um, the Essence, it's all purple trim, and they came out with a crap load of purple stuff. So they're really going after the – I mean, I don't know, man. I thought girls like pink, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, pink purple, you kind of get – you can get crossover. Well, not with this one. It's cut for a girl. Oh. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Darren, you put that Essence on, you'd be a sexy bitch. I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> But the uh, but there's a lot of cool stuff out there. I mean, as far as uh, um, <laughs> yeah, go ahead and work it, Paul. I'll do the repair on it. But the uh, I think I did already. But the um, uh, but there's a couple of I mean, there's a couple of neat stuff coming. I mean, neat things on the horizon. People are at least thinking. Yeah. It's uh, it's I mean, there's there's nothing that has come out and gone spectacular. I mean the if you're into rebreathers, the Gen 7 is actually spectacular. The uh, um, the, the the Mark 7, they called it just 7 for, for Poseidon, but the Mark 7 is pretty, pretty hardcore what it does. But you've got to be really into it. The Poseidon 7 was pretty slick. Um, yeah, I'm going to tell you that, that the, the, one of the coolest things I saw was the new uh, the new Tusa rep. She's hot and really cool. And that was just something that I thought was really neat. And the other thing was is that all the texts that I kept getting from friends that have my cell phone number who were following the show on Facebook, wow. They're like, dude, some chick signing posters over at the Tusa booth. Go get me one. <laughs> dude, John Chatterton signing books. Go get me one. I'll pay you back. 
Yeah, would you? How, uh, how many extra baggage fees did you have on the way home? Oh, I didn't have to worry about it because I was not. I was only going with the first one. But the fourth person that said, "Yeah, I want one too. Have them sign it to uh, last night." Was awesome. No, we're not playing that game. <laughs> All right, so we, Rich, we got to get back to what did you find in the box when you were talking about your old <laughs> regulator? Yeah, that was like almost perfect. Dave said it in the chat room. So like when I bought the dive shop, every day was Christmas. And uh, it's kind of like that now when we get a new box from scubacrap.com because you open up these things and some of them, these people think that are just amazing finds are like, we just got, you'll love this, Jim, we just got two deco meters in. You know the Bendomatics from SOS? Yeah. We got one from SOS and one from Scuba Pro. And they look brand freaking new. And this wow. lady's like, I want to, and they're like, and it's funny because they put the descriptions down and they say, what's your condition that you're calling it? Well, I'm calling it new in the box. And I'm like, new in the box, it's 45 years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's not that old, is it? Yeah, no, it is. Well, no, it's about 25 years old, 35 yeah, years old. Yeah, I was going to say, you know. <laughs> The first computer came out. The first computer came out 18 years ago. Well, I want to upgrade my brick. You got an edge? I wish I had an edge. What's your brick? With the guys. Well, the the edge. I know where there is an edge that I could probably get my hands on, but I I dove with some guys when they were prototyping the edge on the Jersey Coast. Is it a blue body one or a um, brushed one? Uh, these were brushed chrome or brushed aluminum. A little brushed aluminum. That was billeted out of one piece. Yep. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to find the instructor version of one. Um, the instructor version allowed you to go to 250 feet, where the original one only lets you, where the original um, one went to uh, uh, 150. Mm-hmm. But the blue painted ones are the oldest ones. And re- Old. believe it or not, they came out of, um, they came out of Ann Arbor. The guy that... Billets? The, no, the original the original program came out of Ann Arbor. The guy that ran it out of Ann Arbor is still running the chamber at um, Catalina. I can't remember his name right off the bat, but okay. but there's some there's some really cool old stuff that we get. But but no, what I found was I had my 109 balance adjustable from Scuba Pro that I certified in. And I still had it in a box. I mean, I'm holding that onto that. I mean, I'm not going to be famous enough that that's going to be worth anything any day. But, I mean, it, it's kind of like one of those things for me that it's like the the painting that George Bush did of Jay Leno. It's going to hang in his 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 house forever. This thing's going to sit in my box in, in the basement or it's going to get hung up in a dive shop somewhere. But the neat thing about it was when I opened up this box, there were brand new base plates for it <laughs> and brand new knobs for it and brand new parts for this thing. And I was like, wow. And so I spent a day completely rebuilding my own regulators and the body's still a little bit scratched up, but the face plate is immaculate and it is an, ama- it is an amazing, amazing discovery to find stuff like that. And, you know, there's a shitload of stuff out there. I talked about that in an article. I don't know if you guys follow um, the, the dive business articles, but uh, I didn't realize that I was being quoted until I opened up the article and read it and said, hey, I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one of the things I said to this guy was uh, it was written by Eric Douglas. And I, I said to him, I said, Eric, uh, the thing that people aren't going to understand is the glut of used equipment that's going to hit the market. I mean, 1990 was the biggest year for diving I've ever had. I certified over 200 people that year, or issued over 200 certifications that year, certified over 100 people. And that's now, do the math quick, it's about 15 years ago. 
The guys that were 40 and 50 years old back then are in their 60s and 70s now. So they're done. I mean, if they're diving still, they're hardcore like you, Jim. What, you're, well, you're not that old, but. Not but, that old. But Mac is. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. And, 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 I mean, these guys, the, the, the guys that are over 60 that you're fighting hardcore diving, that number's dwindling. And these guys have a dive shop full of crap. Tracy in the chat room, um, he's, uh, he's called me from these guys. He's like, dude, I'm sitting looking at 14 sets of doubles. He won't sell eight of them but everything else is for sale. What do you want? And I'm like, wow. And I mean, they've got mixing panels and they just want their garage back because they, they're, they're done. They're not diving anymore. I mean, if they're diving, they're not, they're not doing it. And I mean, I, I never thought I'd be an old guy in this industry. And Jim, you never probably thought you'd be an old guy in this. Darren, you're catching up. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I mean, your age. <laughs> I know. But I mean, I never thought that I'd be looking at 35 years in the business. I never thought of that. But I'm going to be, I mean, I'm on 10 years with Divers Incorporated. Hell, you're on four years with Scoop Obsessed. That's ancient as far as this industry goes. And I just think it's great. It's, uh, and, and I mean, God love them. There's guys that are out there, and Paul just said in the chat room, he said that, that his dad had in his 80s just did a dive with him. And, I mean, um, Bob, uh, Bob Maestro died last year, but he, uh, God rest his soul, but he used to go, he wanted to do his age plus 100 feet every year. Oh, wow. And this, last year, he did 186 feet with his entire family. I mean, and when we're talking the entire family, it's talking like twice of what we've got in the chat room. I mean, all of his uncles, all of his brothers, all of his nephews, all of his nieces, everybody got in the water that day. It looked like a freaking party. And I want to be that guy. I want to be that one. Well, you need to get everybody to be that one. Boy, imagine you won't have any problem with customers that way. Oh, man. But I tell you what, I mean, uh, I was uh, I was talking to a guy named Thaddeus um, Bedford. He he runs a dive boat out of um, out of Traverse City. And uh, he's more into um, photography now. He, he does cinematography and that sort of thing, which is something that's always interested me. But he had the good, uh, good fortune that um, when uh, Jacques Cousteau was uh, still alive, they had found the three brothers out of um, Buffalo, New York. And it was basically a big ship that unburied off of the Manitoulin Islands. And it was in 80 feet of water, not real deep. But when it unburied, the paint was still on it. And when he did the dive on it, the guy that found it was on the boat. He couldn't equalize. He said, well, you go down and see if you can figure out what it is. So Thaddeus went and did a solo dive, swam around the stern, and painted on the stern was Three Brothers Buffalo, New York, painted right on the stern. So he comes up, and the guy goes, uh, what do you think it is? And Thaddeus said it was the Three Brothers from Buffalo, New York. Well, how do you know? Well, let me show you the video. The guy goes, God, I'm going to blow an eardrum, but I'm going to go do it. And he didn't, but, but it was one of those things that I would have. <laughs> I would have gotten right back in that damn water and blown an eardrum just to be able to see that. Well, uh, somebody you might have heard of, Jacques Cousteau and his son, Jean-Michel, heard uh -huh. about this wreck and they wanted to come out. I mean, you might have heard of him. Have you heard of him before? Uh, you know, he, the name sounds familiar. Yeah, okay. Well, he had a couple I'm, uh, of boats, didn't he? Yeah, and I'm looking forward to this weekend. This weekend I get to meet his um, grandson. Um, Fabian yeah. he's going to be in uh, at the Shipwrecks and Scuba Festival. There are still tickets. I'm going to throw that out there. It's Bay Area Divers. I have nothing to do with it. But anyway, the uh, he goes out, and uh, they have a little bit of a rough day. They called up Thaddeus and said, hey, can you take us out to this? Actually, his agent called him up and says, I've got two people for it. Thaddeus didn't know who it was until the day that he was doing the charter. And a film guy came on with Jacques Cousteau and Jean-Michel Cousteau, and they got on his boat, and it was really rough. 
And they took him out and they went to do this dive. And when they're getting him out of the water, Jacques had a little bit of problem getting out of the water. He was in his 80s at the time. But he had a little bit of problem getting out of the water. He was really tired, really worn out. And his son looked at him as really, really concerned. And this is what Thaddeus was telling me. So his son looked at him really concerned, like, oh, my God, he might be done. And he sits down on the thing and he goes, that's the next thing we're going to invent. What's that, Dad? Dive gear for old people. <laughs> And I think it's true. We got to get some dive gear for old people because there's people that have the spirit, but they just don't have the ability anymore. And uh, I'm not going to buy that. I mean, I know where you're going with it, Jim. And I think the semi-closed when they were doing it for a while was really good. A 40-pound package, you could last forever. But I think that the uh, I think the answer's in double 30s. I think the answer's in shorter diving. I think the answer's in in doing some some. I mean, like Paul just said, hookah rigs. I think that, that there's some, some answers that are there that aren't that hardcore. Because, I mean, I'm going to tell you flat out, I still think rebreathers are death boxes. And there's, I mean, I'm not saying that I wouldn't go dive them. I'm not going to say that they don't have a, have a tool to be able to do it. And I'm not saying those guys that are out there aren't, 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 are not sane because there are some very good people out there doing it. But we're still getting there as far as the technology is concerned. Like even this Poseidon 7, you got to go through a 180-point checklist to make sure the machine doesn't kill you. That's just not for me right now. I mean, I like the idea. I mean, okay, let's go through the begin with review and friend because we really aren't fish. BCD rates, regulator, BC, um, I'm sorry, because BCD weights, releases, air, final, okay. Yeah, I'm not a patty instructor, master instructor. But the, uh, but the idea is is that you've got that. And that's a five-point checklist to make sure you got it right. And let's see. Yeah, I've dove with everybody except Mark in the chat room and, and Chris, Cape Cod Chris, haven't dove with you yet. But I've dove with everybody in the chat room, and we pretty much are going, yep, air's on, we're good. <laughs> so, I mean, it's one of those things that, uh, I mean, even then it's like, dude, turn my air on. <laughs> <laughs> Did that happen? Shit. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you go and you're doing your giant stride, and you take your first breath, everything's good, and about halfway into the water, you go, oh, oh yeah. crap, all right, turn my air on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dave's like, yeah, we've done that before. Dave and I probably have the most dives together up there. But but the deal is, is that, yeah, I mean, you reach to, you learn how to, to, I mean, with rebreathers, I think that's where it's going. Now, we have spent way too much time on on, on DEMA, but I'm going to tell you that the the, the industry itself it was an anemic show. Um, it was smaller than most. They did some very good things to get traffic in, but it's not the it's not the show that was fifteen twenty years ago. The um, that's the biggest change that I have, and not to I mean not to have have a downer to finish. I'm not going to finish on a downer. I'm going to we'll go on to something else. But but the basics of it are is that you look at it, the attendance is way down, but also the the allure is down. I mean, you used to go to DEMA, the first DEMA I, I met, and every single manufacturer had sexy babes. I mean, 14 and 15-year-old girls, you get arrested for thinking the things you're thinking. And I'm going to tell you that they were there. Wait, at the time, I was only 19. But, but at the time, I mean, it was just one of those things that that was the draw. Now, I mean, everybody wanted pink if you were a girl. Everybody wanted this hardcore stuff. Everybody wanted dive stuff. And it was a draw for everybody. And I think that the Internet has killed it because people can see everything. Oh, I don't have to do that. I've seen it on, on the Internet. I think GoPro has killed it 
because people who out there at GoPro think they're great divers. One of the scariest things that I heard from Dima, it was uh, in the SeaQuest or the Sea Life booth. Sea Life makes pretty decent camera. They have a phenomenal camera for people that are beginning. And they came out with a tray and a light for the GoPro. And I was like, wow, you guys sell cameras and you're building a tray for someone else. And he, the, my rep, who I love, his name's Matt Morai, and he's awesome. He's a great friend of the family and one of the best reps in the industry. And he looks at me and he goes, the GoPro is what everybody's going to. And we might as well teach him how to take good pictures with it because there really aren't really good underwater pictures with it. There's great above water pictures, but nothing really underwater. But I said, wow, that's really bizarre. He said, you want to hear something even more bizarre? And Darren, I'm going to ask you this. You probably know the answer. What do you think that 97% of the pictures taken at posts on the Internet, what do you think they're taken with? What camera? Oh, uh, that was an easy one. That would be the iPhone. The iPhone 4. That's as specific as it is. The iPhone 4 takes most of the pictures that we see on the Internet now. And it's not a bad camera. I mean, Jill follows a, my wife Jill follows a guy that, that all he's ever taken, he's an amazing photographer, but the only camera he's ever used is an iPhone. And there was, by the way, a housing for the iPhone there. But something about putting an $800 phone with all of my contacts and all of my information and all of my soft porn on it in a $45 housing, not what I want to do. Nope. Yes. But I'm going to tell. But I'm going to tell you the amount of really, really big time. Oh my God, James Cameron level underwater videographers that are shooting digital SLRs as their video cameras. That was incredible. Well, I, I love like uh, like the Canon D5 with the with the glass. Just how how cinematic that is. Well, the neat thing about the 5D Mark II is that you can actually, um, the 5D Mark II and III, you can actually change the lens. Right. And there's guys that are using that, and they're, I'm like, you're putting a $4,500 camera into a box and taking it underwater. And they're like, well, it's better than some of them. And I'm like, what do you mean better than some of them? And there's one guy, two guys out there that are shooting reds. Yeah, I, I've, I've seen that. You That's can rent the, the red and the housing. And it's some obscene amount of money per day, like ten grand a day or something. Yeah, it's it's sixty five hundred a day if you don't do the lights, and twelve thousand a day if you do. But the the camera itself is forty five thousand dollars. The housing for it is something like eleven thousand dollars. That's my effing house. Yeah. Well, did you I see mean, uh, uh, the guy who did uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, Jackson? Yeah. That that's what he used to film the whole the whole movie. Well, do you know why? I didn't know why. And I, and this is what I love about Dima. I find myself sitting at a table with Patrick's, my course director, Dave, another course director in a, in a competing dive store, a couple of his dive masters, and then Mark Santa Maria, who shot in the past a ton of underwater videography, including Into the Drink. And I was able to ask him, what are people using that camera for? Now, that was an unbelievable, unbelievable education and the reason to go. You understand megapixels? Mm -hmm. Okay. The Reds can shoot a frame that can be blown up to IMAX size without loss of without any degradation. Yep. And so what you ask is, why would I want to do that? Because I'm never going to shoot it bigger than a TV, right? Well, think about how many TVs can fit. How many how many 60-inch TVs can fit on an IMAX screen? It's quite a few. I don't know the number, but it's like over 100, 
right? Yep. So when they shoot that frame, let's say they're shooting, they've got this big, huge frame that they're shooting, and they're shooting the back of the boat. And in the back of the boat, you've got on the left side of the picture, you've got a guy doing what you want him to do. On the right side of the picture, great white sharks swimming. On the top right corner, you've got an alien coming in to catch that great white. And the top left corner, you've got the most amazing colored aura borealis that you'd ever want to see. You can divide that up into a hundred different scenes. So you're shooting it once and being able to, in post-production, be able to turn it into anything you want. Yeah, that's the that's the the Lucas dream. That's what that's how uh, Lucas used to drive his editors nuts because he always wanted to zoom in on footage that was already shot. Right, and now you can do it with the red. Yeah. Now I know, Darren, with your job, you've got forty five thousand dollars just to blow for a weekend, <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But the you know the GoPro that that newest model they've got four K video. This conversation in the chat room. Did the conversation really go from a three hundred dollar GoPro to a forty five thousand dollar camera? Yep. <laughs> well, one of us is going to win that lottery one day. <laughs> Someday, man. I'll tell you what. That's a dollar worth of hope every single day. Yep. So, uh, but anyway, I mean, as far as cameras are concerned, I mean, I'm, I'm just excited that there's people excited about those crappy green pictures. I mean, there's some very cool stuff that's out there. And I mean, I did not spend nearly enough time in any of the, the photography booths. I didn't spend nearly enough time in any of the rebreather booths. I just know that that's not something I'm doing this year. Um, I did really, and this is a shout out to Tracy, who's got the hashtag Coultry sub. I was walking by the Coultry Sub booth, and Coultry Sub only makes compressors now, but they turned on a compressor that went, Boop. and we could have this, I could have it running behind me while we're running this podcast. Nice. Oh my God, was it quiet. And I'm thinking to myself, that thing's got to be transferring a crap load of heat through that insulated box, but um, they don't care if you burn one up in five years. They want you to just buy a new one. <laughs> Tracy in the chat room. I told you, best of the best. <laughs> now, now on, on the compressor front, uh, how about energy efficiency? Because I mean, I always yep. hear you talking about saying that you just lose your shirt on providing air. Isn't well, there a you know, way of making it more efficient? Yeah, I could have Paul just run a bike. No, I just there's there's really there's really nothing out there that's doing now. Now there was uh, every year you get somebody that's got a uh, uh, a Haskell booster that's manual. And I mean, if you're going to do six cubic feet, if you want to pump it like you're pumping a jack, that's all right. I mean, that's a lot of energy, but that's no big deal. But but I'm going to tell you that flat out, there's some very cool stuff. Um, there's some very cool stuff that 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 uh, people could do. They're mostly going for air quality now and quietness. There's nobody going for energy efficiency. I think you could really, I really do believe you could build one out of a um, with a uh, windmill. Yeah. I, I I think you'd get the horsepower to be able to put one together and. And, you know, in the world of the zombie apocalypse and, 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 and this current administration and the way they're going, I think that that's going to have to be something we have to think about. In the, in the zombie apocalypse, I'm still diving. I mean, I'm going to still dive. But, I mean, right now I'll dive until the gas is out and then we'll have to pedal it. But Now, do, will zombies dive? I mean, will they be they followers? They do. They do. They don't like to eat brains underwater, but they'll do. Okay. But that, I'll tell you what, man, that guy went viral. The guy that came up with that, that whole zombie diver thing, he went viral, and that was pretty neat. That's a good thing. Anything to get people to get excited about diving. Um, 
I mean, there's some very cool stuff out there. I mean, I think, I mean, I'm probably going to drink the GoPro Kool-Aid, um, at least for the above water stuff, because I think that there's, there's a, a big thing out there. Chat room blew up about that. Um, there's a, I mean, the thing that I also noticed with, there's a lot of people repackaging lights, the same exact light. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's a lot of crap coming out of China. It's got really bad warranty issues, but as far as as far as uh, as far as brightness are concerned, they're pretty neat. There's, I mean, all in all, the trip to Dima is worth it. If you ever get an opportunity to go, pay your dues. Um, bring a large checkbook if you're going to screw over the dive shop that sponsors you, because you do get stuff at cost. I mean, we all have to make money. I mean, I don't make a whole lot of money, but we all have to make money. But the neat thing is, is that you can go there. I mean, I had free beer on courtesy of of Tusa. I had free beer courtesy of Dan, free beer courtesy of Fourth Element, shots courtesy of Fourth Element, free beer courtesy of Patty, which is always surprising. Alligator drool is what I drank at the Patty party because I didn't want to drink their Kool-Aid. But the uh, but there's some there's some pretty pretty sweet stuff there. I'm gonna be at Vegas this year um, simply because I got an offer I couldn't refuse. I'm gonna have to beggar myself and take back a whole lot of returnables. But um, I got an offer from uh, from a buddy of mine. He's letting me come out to California, stay on his boat, bring my whole family to dive. And it's going to be rough. I'll tell you about it in this chat room when, when I get there. Um, but it's going to be rough. But it was like, uh, I mean, I'm going to be diving with some amazing people. Yeah, I've, I've got enough free airline miles to hit Vegas next year. You know, I'll, I, I, I'll give you a travel buyer um, pass for my dive shop, Darren, if you can't get in with the media pass. Yeah. I can't give you the I can't give you the uh, the buyer pass simply because they make you buy shit. <laughs> and what I tell my staff is that you will buy it with your last paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, I hate Vegas, but I really do like the show, and uh, I'm uh, I'm really hoping to, to to that it would be worth it. The um the Dima show all in all is is something I'm a little bit jaded because I've been to really good ones and I've been to really bad ones. Um, and and most of the really bad ones are just downright frightening but i'll tell you there's some really cool stuff as far as the patty um deep blue adventures i'll give a shout out to cheryl deepblueadventures.com tell them divers incorporated sent you if you want travel um but the uh i get a kickback that's why but the uh (laughs) but they took us to this party we went to this party it was called the ice house and you go in you pay your cover and then they give you a big huge furry coat with a hat and gloves and you go into a freezer and they serve you drinks in a ice glass that's like good for some bourbon. That you, yeah, I had just Captain Morgan straight up. It was amazing. You can't have Captain Morgan's and ginger ale because the ginger ale will freeze. It's 23 degrees in this thing, and uh, that was just really cool. Um, the uh, there's a tapas place in Orlando. If you get to go to places, I'm going to tell you, Vegas is nice, but Orlando's spectacular. Everything is within walking distance. Everything is in with walking distance, the main hotel. And there's a hotel, it's called The Pit, and you go in there and you sit down and you'll be sitting with a couple of buddies that are like us, like me, Jim, me, you, and me, Darren, and Jim would be sitting together. And then John Chatterton would sit next to us, or, or at the time, he's not alive anymore, Bill Hamilton would sit down next to us. Or you sit there and you're talking to the guys and they're the guys that own Fourth Element. Or you're sitting there talking to somebody and, and, and she's a, a Women Diver Hall of Fame recipient. And it's like you sit there and you talk to these people. And, I mean, they're not celebrities. I mean, diving is not a celebrity sport. But these people are amazing. And they're all beer-drinking divers. And that's the best part. But um, because we are on a show 
from what I understand, we are on a show that is an outdoor channel that not a whole lot of people want to hear. You guys don't want to hear about Dima. You want to hear about how you can be part of this, right? Yeah, so how, how do people get started? If somebody wants to be a scuba diver, what's the first step? Google scuba diving in your zip code would be the first thing that I do. Um, yeah, the big thing that I would say is, is wherever you are in this fair planet, understand a couple of things. I don't care where you are anywhere in this world. You're within three hours of a good dive shop. Now, I say three hours within a good dive shop because there's some places where we're within for 30 minutes of a really bad one. How do you know the difference? And the difference is basically this. It's, it's that you walk into the shop and they don't try to hammer sell you right off the bat. Everybody, and this sucks for us that have been diving forever, everybody will ask if you're a diver because they don't know you. Don't take offense if you are. Come on, guys, grow up a little bit. And girls, girls are awesome. If you're a girl, you're going to walk in and you're going to feel uncomfortable. Sorry, it's a guy's sport. Get over it because we really need more girls in this sport. Oh, definitely. Um, the uh, And I'll tell you what, man, you'll never carry a tank if you don't want to. The uh, the basics of it are, I mean, look at the chat room. Chat room has no girls this evening. Sad. But the, uh, well, usually we've girls. got one or two that come in, but I haven't but, seen these well, for a, a while. There, there may be a couple girly guys in there, but no girls. But no, I mean, I'll tell you, the. Uh, but the deal is, is that it's just like, it's just like hunting. It's just like any other sport. You're going to find the guys that are rude. You're going to find the guys that are good. You're going to buy the guys that make the truckers and the, um, the, uh, the well, the truckers run, run scared. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you, there's, um, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things that, that, uh, that you go in there, but you want to go in there with the thought that I want to be this guy's friend. He's going to teach me everything. And if you don't get that warm, fuzzy feeling after having a few conversations with him, after letting him know you're new, walk out, man. If it's my shop, tell me, because I hope that never happens. I don't think it would. But we get people that walk into the store and they're like, man, I want to learn how to dive. That is awesome. Unbelievably awesome to see people take their first breath underwater. That is unbelievable. The, uh, the, I mean, when you get someone to take their first breath underwater, that's the coolest thing. So a dive shop should feel that. If they're not feeling that, if you don't feel that, you know, move. And I get a lot of people, I probably scare a few people off, but I get a lot of people who, who think that that is just the most incredible part about my dive shop is that they come in and they get excited about diving the first day. The next thing that you want to do is wherever you are in this planet, I want to hammer something home to you. It's not cold water you should be afraid of. It's being cold. Okay, it's not cold water you should be afraid of. It's being cold. We have technology that makes it so you will never feel cold water ever. And that's something that is just the biggest push. I mean, I, I my dad worked for me for a long time. And I always used to cringe when he'd talk about his first open water dive. His first open water dive was 1975. And he went and had to chip ice away so they'd have open water in April. And he froze his ass off for the four dives that he had to do. I put people in a dry suit. We just had a 14-year-old girl certified last week. And it was blistering cold on Saturday and beautiful on Sunday. But she was in a dry suit. She learned in a dry suit. Yeah, it was $100 more expensive. The money's not the deal. The memory is. And I'll tell you what, you find a dive shop that's willing to do that. By the way, if you're in the greater Michigan, Detroit area, Divers Incorporated or DiversInc.com. Sorry, threw my own plug out there. <laughs> well, that wasn't a plug. Yeah. The, uh, but, the, uh, but the thing is, is that um, there's, uh, 
there's a lot of people out there that that won't dive because they think that we got to have warm water to dive. Talk to your dive shop about it. About it. The um the 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 whole basics of it are is this is that if you get hooked, you will be hooked. We're starting a new promotion in January that says if I buy all my gear, do I get to dive? What what will you give me? Well, we'll give you the class for free. We're gonna give the class free if you buy all your gear. And the reason being is because if you get totally stoked that you buy all your gear, you'll dive all the time, and I'll make money off you. And the, uh, I mean, it's a business for me, but at the same time, it's something that's, that's an exciting thing. I wish that I could hit the lottery and give it away for free forever. And I do give a few, um, a few, uh, uh, what I call it is, is, um, scholarships out every year where I'll pick somebody and we'll just give them a class for nothing. But, um, the, uh, but it's mostly, I mean, you find a dive shop you feel comfortable with. Everybody, I mean, I don't care if it's Patty, SSI, Maui, TDI, SDI, SEA. Um, there's a bunch of them out there. Patty is the best one. And I'm not saying that because I've been drinking the Patty Kool-Aid for two, 28 years. I'm saying that because it is the way the world learns to dive. And I'm not a paid sponsor. I'm not a paid guy from Patty. I wish they'd pay me. But they'd... Uh, I mean, it is something that it is the way the world learns to dive. And so if you go anywhere on your dive boat, half the dive boat's going to be PADI certification no matter what you do. That's something you don't want to discount. And I think their new program is amazing. Now, you're going to have to spend some money. You're going to have to buy a computer if you want to learn how to dive. Now, it doesn't mean you have to. You can buy the, the dive tables and the, the instructor will show you. But that's all coming in March. There's going to be some huge changes. We're starting right in January. We're not going to mess around. And actually, they, they put the push the implementation date all the way back to 2015. But there's going to be some very, very, very cool stuff. Um, now, do you recommend people do a uh, try and dive, you know, like the Discover Diving? I mean, if you're on the fence, I do recommend it. <laughs> if you're not on the fence, it's a waste of time. You're going to be on there. I mean, if you've got a guy that's willing to dive with you, that's half the battle. If you've got a buddy, like you and Jim went to it. Uh, yeah. Um, Jim Cleveland, you went to the class together. You went through everything together. You always dove together until he decided to find a real job. But the, uh, <laughs> but the, I mean, yeah. hey, Jim, if you're listening to this, man, I wholeheartedly applaud you from diving for, for buying your own company. But man, I'll tell you what, you should have called me first. I would have talked you out of it. But, <laughs> yeah. but, the, but the whole thing is, uh, is, is basically it comes down to um, you got to schedule it. You got to be focused on it and you got to make it part of your life. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that is out there as far as technology is concerned. It's just like anything else. I mean, the unfortunate part about diving is that when you go into diving and you buy a low-grade item to dive with, you can still dive with it and have fun, but you're going to gut it out. And I don't understand it, why people go and they say they buy the cheapest regulated and buy the cheapest BCD, and then they're not having fun. They just quit. Where people go into paintball and they buy the cheapest gun and they get outgunned the first time they step out in the, 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 the field, and then they buy a new gun, and then they get outgunned with that one, and they buy a better gun, and they get outgunned with that one, and they buy a better gun, and finally, they're great. But it's not the gun. It's the fact that you just had five levels of practice. Go out and dive. I mean, we, uh, we, uh, Dave just brought up a big point in the chat room. He said uh, people were saying, well, man, I can't learn how to dive in a dry suit. You can if it's a fusion. You can if it's a whites fusion. Now, I'm a whites dealer. I'll, I'll throw that out there. I've been with whites. It was a year before I took that plunge. It's a year before I took a sip of their Kool-Aid. I'm not a big Aqualung fan, but I'll tell you what, I am a huge whites manufacturing fan. Their fusion is a home run. It is dives like a wetsuit. It's amazing. And we have taken people. We took a young girl this last weekend, and we had two guys that were on public safety. So they had dry suits that were, were Vikings that were just amazing dry suits for public safety. 
And then we had this girl who was in the smallest fusion that money could buy. She did the best of all of them. Two firefighters and this young lady, and she did the, the best of all of them. And she was diving with it less than they were. Why is that? Because we know how to teach, number one. And number two, the suit is easy to dive. So there's a lot to be said about that. I, if you're in a place that's warm water all the time, if you would go swimming right now in a local pond, you don't have to worry about dry suit. But if you're in California or in Florida or if the water right now you think is a little bit cold, my second question would be, my first question, by the way, would be, do you teach people how to dive? Well, tell me about that. My second question would be, do you have dry suits? Well, tell me how that works. And if they say, no, I don't have dry suits, ask them why. They might tell you because we do all these dives in this really amazing spring that's 100 degrees. Cool. We might be doing Mount Storm that's 75 degrees all year round. Cool. Good answer. But if your answer is, well, we'd only dive in the spring. You know what, man? Right now is the best time in the world to dive. It is Caribbean clear out there in the Great Lakes. And we focus, Darren and I both in our podcast, focus on the Great Lakes because we're in the great, greatest state in the planet for, for freshwater diving. Michigan is the greatest place on the planet for freshwater diving. I don't care where you are. We don't have it to is. rinse the salt off? Nope. No barnacles? Oh, it's amazing. I used to have a repair technician who would shit himself when he saw all the corrosion. And sorry if I have to bleep this for that, but if he saw all the corrosion <laughs> for... Uh, for, for that. He'd be like going, oh my God, I can't believe there's so much corrosion. Dude, he dies in salt water. What's that? No, he was just teasing. But really, <laughs> what's that? I mean, we don't have to rinse our stuff out. I mean, we have to rinse the salt or the sand off. We don't have to rinse the salt off. Yeah, you just got to flush the sand off. The PCPs. But other than that, yep. but I'm going to tell you, there's some very, very cool kick-ass diving to be done. I mean, there's a, I don't know if you've listened to my show in a while, Darren, but I did a Pure Michigan commercial about diving for me. I did it. Oh, and, you did it. Well, uh, cool. It's all about diving. Yeah. Do you have, you have to send me that best. commercial. We'll run it here. Oh, awesome. We did the best. We have the best diving on the planet. Caribbean clear, it's here. But the well, problem and I is think the, the water quality is improving. Oh, In just a few years I've been diving, I know the river is consistently, there's a lot of effort going on, uh, a lot of mandates uh, that stormwater can't be unprocessed and thrown in the river without uh, municipalities paying fines. And that is one of the leading causes to cloudy water here in the rivers and in Lake Michigan. And they make strides every year and it's improving. So we're getting some amazing visibility. It is. It is just, I mean, I jumped in the water in 2004 on a dive on the Dunderberg. And the last dive that I had done on the Dunderberg was 1998. And when you dove it in 1998, you could see three feet of the wreck at any one time. It was still a spectacular wreck, but you could only see three feet of it. It was a night dive. That's what it felt like. Cooper River dive. But then when I did it in 2004, I stopped it at 120 feet and did a circle around the rope. And my buddy came up thinking I was knocked out of my mind, asked me if I'm okay. And uh, I was like, I'm okay. Let's go ahead and do the dive. And I went and swam the whole wreck, came back. And he was like, what was the deal? And I said, that is the first time that I've seen more than eight feet of that wreck at any one time. And I saw the whole damn thing, 136 feet long. And that's just something. I mean, when you sit there and you look at it, Go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, we had some times this season where we're diving, you know, I'll take Max Wreck. It's an 80 feet of water. You couldn't see the bottom from the surface, but once you got through the thermocline, uh, you look at the anchor line, which comes down right on the bow, you could see beyond the stern, which was 80 feet, you know, which just, there it was. The whole wreck laid right out in front of you. Uh, so the you only know, the answer Lakes, is... Talking about the Great Lakes, you know, the, the, the only place in the world where you're going to find... 
wooden schooner from the 1800s sitting on the bottom with the cargoes. You know, uh, beautiful wooden sailing ships from the heyday of sail is Great Lakes. Absolutely. And, and, And the only thing keeping people from doing this, the only difference is, is that they think it's cold. They think it's cold. And if you dress appropriately, it's like, why would anybody go out, uh, out of their house this time of year? Now, if you're that guy, you know what? I'm okay with it. But I know a whole lot of people sitting in tree stands right now, <laughs> yeah. and it's freezing out all there. All day long. And, and, and they've been out there all day snowmobiles. long. People who ride snowmobiles, you know, blowing blizzards, freezing cold, definitely below freezing, yet they're out riding around in the wind on snowmobiles, motorcycles on ice. The Why are they cold, doing that? Cold, but they're not cold. You, you know something I discovered is is when you're is when you go down and even if you're cold, when you see the wreck or something interesting, you're instantly warm. Well, you're excited. I'd call that excited. I'm. I. I mean, there's. I, I'll tell you, we we do the same thing in the river where you sit there and you go and you, you you're in for 40 minutes and it's like January and it's 17 degrees out and the water temperature is 38, which is pretty amazing that it's 25 degrees warmer than the air. And you're sitting there and you're digging and you're looking at stuff and you're finding stuff and you're all excited about it. And then when you go, okay, look at your air and your air is about 500 psi. You just look at yourself and you go, holy crap, am I cold? Yes. But you've been in the water for an hour. People die doing that in the swimming. Yeah. And I mean, there's just, it's it's one of those things where where if you get the right dive shop, you get the guy. I mean, I've always picked dive shops when I've gone around this country. I've walked in there and I said, um, uh, uh, I, I go into a dive shop. I said, where are you diving? If they're not diving right next to their dive shop, they're wusses. Because there's some very cool diving within an hour of every dive shop on this planet. You just got to be able to do it. And uh, some of them call it, uh, what did uh, Morehead City call it? They call it their freshwater training facility, their quarry. And another one, I was asking them if they dove the river, and they said, no, it's mucky. And then I talked to Dave in the chat room. He says, that river's full of bottles. <laughs> and it's, I mean, you, you, you look at everybody's got a different take on everything. And it's all about taking what you want. And there's nothing wrong with warm and tropical, man. But I'll tell you what, 2500 bucks for every warm and tropical trip. Somebody, I mean, there's a buddy of mine that just came back from Wakatobi. He spent $8,500 to go to Wakatobi. That's more than I make. Well, and well, while I'd love to go, and I think it'd be amazing, I just don't see... I, I get bored with coral. I've got that in my fish tank here. Well, and that's a, that's a nice thing is that once you've got your gear, once you've got your training taken care of, it's the price of air and the cost of you to get to your dive location, and you're in the water. So you can do public accesses, boat ramps, uh, you know, borrow trips on your friends with boats, and you can see an awful lot. And and the cool thing about it, Dave just put it up in the chat room, river's full of history, a little dark and muddy at times, but it's still good diving. I mean, I've held on to a bottle that hasn't seen the light of day in 150 years. I've held on to a shark's tooth that hasn't seen the light of day in a million years. A million. That's a well, lot of dollars. Well, and even when you're diving on a wreck, how many people do you think have seen a Dunderberg? Well, somebody put it in perspective for me, and... uh and and I've always taken this with me, even even though I, I don't really respect the, the decisions that he's made in life. He had this thing that he said that I thought was really cool. He said that if you go by Patty's number and they just certified their first, their f- 5 million people or 4 million people, if they go, I think it was 4 million people. If you go by Patty and they just hit the 4 million certification mark and you figure that there's 5 million 
people certified in the world. And then you start looking at how many people are in the world. It came out to something like 0.002% of the planet have ever been diving. And 0.0001% are still diving. That means for every million people that you see, there's a hundred that have been diving. That's crazy talk. That means the entire entire city of Detroit, there's 70 people that are still diving, if you go by that. Now, the world is a little bit different when you go U.S. versus the rest of the world. I mean, we're talking Africa, the desert, all that kind of stuff. But you start putting it into perspective like that, there is no way to figure that. That there's no, I mean, it's still less than 2%. Even I was talking to Rick Stratton from, from um, Diving News Network. He's, uh, he just launched a new, new magazine. Instead of Midwest Dive News, it's now going to be called Scuba and H2O because it's all water stuff. Mm-hmm. He said that 50% of the planet are into water sports. 2% of the planet, or 2% of the United States are into scuba. 50% of the United States is into water sports, swimming and snorkeling and surfing and all that kind of stuff. Well, so you just went where the money was. Well, and that, that begs a question. Why isn't Patty and Dima and Naui and all the others uh, marketing uh, scuba as an extreme or an edge sport, you know, kind of the elite of it? You, you run into a – they did that. They stopped doing that in the 90s. And what they stopped doing was they stopped saying it's dangerous. And that's the big thing is that if scuba is no longer dangerous, it no longer has the allure. Yeah, I I I think there's ways you can market that and just oh, yeah. it you know that it could be changed. But you know, and you you to see answer your question, to answer your question kind of tongue in cheek, but not so much. It's because the industry is run by hobbyists, not business people. Yeah. Well, and then you also look at some of these tropical locations where they're throwing people in these uh, you know snuba and bubbles and stuff, and saying you know don't don't worry about getting certified. Just here, give me fifty bucks, and we'll we'll drag you down to the bottom for five minutes. Well, Patty had to revamp their entire thing because of that. Um, I probably you probably listen to my show enough that you know the answer to this. But let's ask Jim. Jim, what do you think the number one class that Patty offers that causes the most um, litigation? Number one class Patty offers that causes the most litigation. Meaning, what's the most litigious class that Patty offers? The one that Patty gets sued the most for? Uh, I don't know. It's it. I would say it, I don't know if Patty has an intro or a you know like a resort class. That's or, it right there. The dis- or the discover the discover scuba yeah. experience. That's probably the because one. they're putting people. Probably I would say without even knowing, it's probably because they're putting people underwater with minimal training, thinking shallow is safe. Yep, and it's not so much that shallow is safe. They're just doing it for the money. And if you look at what they can make for an open water diver course that I charge $599 for, I make 60 bucks a person. That's what I make. That's my profit, $60 a person, okay? They make $385 a person for a one-hour scuba course. And they didn't have to teach them anything. They didn't have to teach them anything. And if they come back next week, they have to take it again. I'm not faulting them. I'm a capitalist through and through. There's no fault there. There's no blame there. And, th- and then you add that in that they probably are also half resort owners. So those people yeah, have to you know, go and have a hotel but let's room. Talk, 
let's toss it out there even more. So you go do that experience. You're already a scuba diver, and they market it as a scuba diver. You're a scuba diver. You don't have to take it again. You've done it. You don't have to learn how to be certified. You don't have to do that. I have a list that I get from Patty every month that tells me um, all the people that have been certified that are within 100 miles of my geographic location who have been certified as Discover Scuba participants. So if you went down to, let's say, Bahamas, and you took a Discover Scuba, and you came up and you lived in Ann Arbor, I'd get your name within a month. You know how many people I've gotten to continue, continue, continue their class from that out of six years of doing it? No. How many do you think? Uh, I would say at least six years, maybe 12. One. 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 Now, I'm not saying that all of them haven't gone out and done it. I'm not saying that I'm the only dive shop that's ever marketed to them. But I'm saying I've got one person, and I made it a really big deal where, hey, man, we're going to give you 100 bucks off the class. We're going to give you 100 bucks off your equipment. Come take it. That's almost that's 200 bucks we're going to give you from coming and taking it. And they didn't. One person took me up on it. Well, does that tell you that maybe the experience is to me, who, who can get in the water experience everything about scuba diving and then not want to be certified. So that that just makes me wonder what kind of experience they've been getting. And that's the problem. And that's my argument with it, is I think the experience is less than ideal. It's rushed. People are going in scared but surviving. Yeah. And they're pushing that it is the way to dive. This is, I'm, you're already a diver. You don't have to do it. I already did that. How many people yeah. have you talked to that said, yeah, man, I, I went diving before. I don't have to do that again. Yeah, they, they knocked it Where'd off the bucket dive? list. Yep, that's it. Yeah. Well, I, I drive by them on the way to work. I see all these scuba diving license plates, and I want to say if you're a hardcore diver in my area, I know you. And there's a lot of people who I see the plates on that I have no idea who they are. That's that's the truth. I mean, but I mean, not to not to fault it. It's it, there's a lot of problems with the industry. There's a lot of problems there. But but taking this full circle for the people that are listening that may want to learn how to dive is it is addictive. If you're into hunting, if you're into um, photography, if you're into that, if you take it to the next level, I mean, hunting is really cool when you're not the top predator in the water. I'm going <laughs> to yes. tell you that that is just the best thing. When you, before you pull the trigger, you look up over your shoulder, make sure you're the top predator within your sight, because when you hit that fish, there's going to be another predator that's going to be bigger and faster, and all they know how to do is eat fish. They're going to come take that fish from you. That's cool. I mean, that's exciting. That's as extreme as it gets. You want to go do diving? I mean, we've got some extreme diving. You want to go do the river? Here it is where you're not the, I mean, I did a river dive this, this last October where I spent an hour sliding down a mountainside. That's what it felt like. But I found a bunch of cool shark's teeth. Nice. And to be able to do the stuff that I've done in my past, to be able to do the stuff that you've done, Darren and Jim and, and Tracy and Dave and, and Mike and Mark, everybody in the chat room, it is amazing what you've accomplished in your life. And if you're wanting to do that, a good dive shop can do that for you. So anyway, man, we've been running. We're on three hours now. Yeah, it's about three hours when you when you, you do it. I'll, I'll edit this down to a, a just a, a few moments. Um, yeah, right. But I'm <laughs> dying, man. I can't even talk anymore. I've got a great set of pipes now. Yeah, you, you, got, you, got, that, you got that DJ voice going on. <laughs> yeah, I got it really good going now. I've lost they my voice. They well in the chat room. They yeah. did it well in the chat room. He's, he's got a comment. I was thinking the same thing. He just got it down before I did. You know, when, when you're talking about diving, it leads you to so many other places. You know, history, archaeology, treasure hunting. Uh, you know, I'll take the basic. You know, somebody's got to have a lake close by them. Well, what's the history of that lake? Was there an old amusement park 
in that lake that, you know, they just bulldozed or had a fire and bulldozed it into the lake? Or was there an old boat launch that a hundred years ago ran from point A to point B in that lake, you know, taking tourists to someplace, some resort that might have been on the lake a hundred years ago? You know, wherever the lake has history, find that history and then start treasure hunting and you'll be amazed what you can find. And it's amazing what you find as far as new stuff, too. Yeah, but old bottles, old lanterns, old coins, uh, jewelry, you know, things that people threw away a hundred years ago. You know, it's there for the taking now. It is. And and on that note, I got to call it a night. (laughs) Okay, well, on that note, I have to call it a night because I got a big day, big weekend ahead of me. But I'm going to let you guys go. You go ahead and finish this show. I know that there's a weird joke coming up. Probably inappropriate one, but no, I know there's we'll do, one. Coming. If we do it right, uh, but, yep. but thank thank you, Rich, and uh, once oh, my again, pleasure. once again, they can find you on. Uh, d- you do the podcast on Tuesdays, divers and divers sink, and they diversink.com, diversink.com, d i v e r s y n c dot com. Yep, and there should be. I think I got a link on this Scuba Obsessed website. You can link over to it. Also, there's uh, Divers Incorporated is your dive shop. Yes, it is. And then also you are the manager of the White Star Quarry for the diving yes. session. And I'm also manager of scubacrap.com. That's Scuba worth a check out. A, a funny name, but if you're looking for economical well, it's gear. exactly what you're looking for. If you're looking for scuba crap, that's where you go. <laughs> yep. Well, thank you very much for having me on, guys. Well, you thank you for coming on. All right. Good night, Rich. We'll see you guys. All right, good night. Well, how are you holding in there, Jim? Well... I think we've had an evening full. We'll, uh, we might have to schedule a special episode to get caught up on some of the other stuff. But I'll tell you, I'm, I'm liking the new format, Darren. You like it? I like the new format. Should we talk about anything in the scuba news? Maybe I'll just read through the, the list, and if there's something that jumps out, you covered. If not, we're going to have links in the show notes. I'm, I can't say I'm caught up on the show notes, but I think the last three episodes are up there. So at least I feel like uh, anything current you can get, and I'll, I'll fill in the the back. But here's some of the scuba in the news that we had scheduled to talk about that we didn't get to. Uh, first one is Costa Concordia wrecked. The British man was arrested. We have a sacrifice uh, never forgotten. The battleship wrecked torpedoed by German U-boat. Uh, that was a kind of a photo expose. Uh, scuba diving appears to help with spinal injuries, which I think we talked a little bit about last week. Uh, an Audubon Aquarium fishing for more volunteers. We have uh, the clam that was uh, slaughtered, which I thought we'd get to, but we didn't. Also, removal of five shipwrecks in the Fox River. Now, this was a, a little bit of an interesting topic where you know, everybody talks about, you know, don't touch, don't disturb, just, you know, take pictures and leave bubbles and uh, that sort of thing. But uh, here's five shipwrecks that are going to be removed in the dredging operation. So when it's in the river, then you got to understand your local laws. There's no guarantee that that shipwreck is going to remain or be there forever. So they've got a little bit of archaeology going on, but for that dredging operation, those shipwrecks are going to be going. And uh, it wasn't part of the article, but you, you look with the new Panamax 
what they're calling a post-Panamax. They've enlarged the Panama Canal, so larger vessels are going to be able to traverse it, uh, tra- traverse it, uh, the Panama Canal coming up here shortly. And that means all these ports in the United States are going to have to be deepened. New York's being deepened. Miami's being deepened. Uh, they're doing reviews right now in Charleston, which looks like that's going to be deepened. So there's about seven or eight ports in the East Coast. And what they're going to discover when they go and deepen those ports is that they're going to destroy shipwrecks. So a lot of opportunity to go out there and see some shipwrecks. We had some photos of the week. We'll have those in the show notes. Uh, Truck Lagoon, some amazing photos. Every time you see anything from Truck Lagoon, uh, great underwater photos. Uh, we also have uh, an interesting creature, an underwater unicorn, or so it said. You'll just have to uh, look in the show notes to see what that is. The show notes should be up by Saturday. And we also have some Twitter photo submissions. I asked for them. Maybe we'll cover those next week. You got anything you want to plug, Jim? Nope. Just get out there and get wet. Yeah, you... If you're not diving, something's wrong. Yeah. And I've got a whole slew of bad scuba jokes primed up so we have enough to carry us through the end of the year uh go ahead and submit those if you want to get a hold of us at the show it's the show at scuba obsessed those emails will come in we'll respond to them we also love those five star reviews on itunes and you can also leave reviews on talk once again you can listen to us on wrvoradio.com we're also available on stitcher smart radio uh code word is scuba if you go and register for that if it's your first time downloading the application also on itunes itunes we love those five star reviews and then facebook facebook.com forward slash scuba obsessed we're on google plus www.google.com forward slash plus scuba obsessed and that will get us to our google facebook uh, i almost said facebook page our google plus page and twitter at scuba obsessed and you can also follow me personally at darren jilson I, I need to post a little bit more it's i kind of get confused on what you count them on and i i post in between them but it's to that time of the show thanks everybody in the chat room we had mike we had dave we had uh some some new people i think we'll, we'll give rich some credit uh Coultry sub we also had mark from california paul mall from florida cape cod chris and also thank everybody all over the world new zealand australia uk germany Philippines. Hopefully everybody in the Philippines prayers go out. Hopefully you're starting to recover from that storm. I had three days without power and I felt, I just, I felt lost. It took me quite a while to, to get back up. So I can't imagine the amount of devastation they had in the Philippines. Hopefully you guys can pull out of that. So uh, listeners all over the world, we appreciate you. Uh, follow us and we've got some good stuff coming up here as we go throughout the year. So are you ready for that time of the show, Jim? Uh, I'm just about ready. I did think of something I want to throw out there. Sure. For those of us in North America, next Thursday night is is it next Thursday night Thanksgiving? Yes. Yes, it is. Next Thursday night is Thanksgiving night, and many people have a long weekend. So think about getting wet next weekend sometime. We have our annual turkey dive, and I, you know that 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 reminds me, I missed our club dive. I mean, our club meeting. Yeah, you didn't have any power. We kind of thought you were busy. <laughs> I was. A little but Saturday, Saturday after Thanksgiving has traditionally been what we call our turkey dive. And it's one of those, for some, it's the last dive of the season. For others, it's the warm-up for the winter diving season. Now, is a turkey referring to what we're diving for or the people going in our turkeys? 
I think it's a little of both. And usually we had turkey sandwiches at one point left over from turkey dinner. So, you know, it was just Thanksgiving dive, and we just called it the turkey dive. I can go for that. So get out and get wet next week. You've got those extra couple days. Take advantage of them. Certainly. All right. So I'm ready for that time. I think we've stalled long enough. A grizzled old scuba diver is undergoing a semi-annual physical. When did you last have sex, asks the doctor. Oh, about 1955, replies the diver. 1955? A healthy man like, like you hasn't had sex since 1955? Well, says the scuba diver, glancing his watch. It's only 2130 right now. Time. Got it. Time. Got it. Yeah, it, it was that time. Just the bad scuba joke. And you did. Yeah, we, we, we deliver. You delivered. <laughs> On that note. So until next week, go out there and get wet. Stay safe, get wet, and hang in there. If you missed the live chat, you missed about two-thirds of the show. Yeah, there was a lot going on when the computer or the phone was down. Oh, that was just driving me nuts. Yeah, what, I, what I did. Got a good one. Dave's got a good one. What's that? None of Darren's computers were hurt in the making of tonight's show, although yeah. he probably wanted to beat on them. Oh, who's to say they haven't been hurt? You haven't seen them.